0: Today, we've got Leilama back and she's going to tell us the results of a couple of cool listing optimization case studies that she's done that will help you optimize your listings for 2023. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. you want to be able to sync your listings that you create in Helium 10 to your Amazon account in one click, including being able to sync subject matter, which you're not able to even edit now in most listings on Amazon, you're going to want to use Helium 10 Listing Builder. Make sure to find out how to use Listing Builder by going to h10.me forward slash listing builder. That's h10.me forward slash listing builder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium Ten. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got my sister from another Mister back today on the show. Uh, my former coworker here, Leilama. Lama. How's it going?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
0: I'm doing just delightful. Now, you know you're you're back working uh, at AMZ One Step. And so I wanted to reach out to you and to kind of just like see what you've been what you've been up to. I mean, even before you worked at Helium Ten, you, you know, you you would come on this podcast and give us some cool listening optimization strategies and and things like that that were of great benefit to the audience. But before I get into that, are you moving to to with your brother and and sister in law to Toronto or just them?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, the for some time.
0: reason I thought that they were only moving, but you're you're moving to that city. See, that's, that's a big move to go from Edmonton to Toronto.
1: It it's like a four-hour flight. So it's going to be a big change too. Like like city. a cultural
0: change though. Like, like it's completely, yeah. it's very different, it's like right?
1: New York 2.0. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Do you guys have a place out there already?
1: Yeah, we're we're all set. We're packing up, busy moving these days. So, yeah.
0: And like having to leave friends behind and, and stuff know, like that? It's or really how's
1: that? Sad, but you know. We're, we're pretty flexible that way. We may, we came to Canada seven years ago, so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll be fine.
0: <laughs> now, how, how does that work for like AMZ One Step though? Because obviously you and, you know, Tayaba, uh, your sister-in-law, like uh, who was just in the podcast a few weeks ago, you guys do a lot of work at the studio. I believe you told me you were working at the, the studio there doing shoots yeah. until like 10 p.m. Like, are you guys opening a new studio in Toronto or you, all your work is going to be remote now or not? what's going on there?
1: Not, not as yet. I don't know if we're going to start like a studio there, but we're going to have a studio at home, uh, okay. where, you know, cause I'm making YouTube videos now too. So that's going to be where I do most of my work in the studio.
0: Okay. So All from right.
1: home, but there's going to be a studio allocated to it.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, Saddam, uh, will keep you busy. He'll make sure that you're, you're working. Uh, that's one thing he does well. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> so that should be no problem. Um, now, Let's let's talk a a little bit about, you know, what you've been what you've been up to. Like when you went back to AMZ One Step, like are you pretty much doing uh, a lot of the similar stuff that you used to do back before, like, you know, make content uh, for them and then also like manage like photo shoots and things like that? Or what kind of stuff have you been working on?
1: Yeah. So content, YouTube, educational videos, and then also creating commercials for clients. So, you know, just again, very listing optimization focused, but on the side, I also have been running case studies to get some extra insights. Like, you know, all the sellers already know what works, what doesn't work, you know, but I really wanted to dig deep into, um, you know, how the little nuances, like for instance, this case study that I recently did was focused on consumer purchasing behavior. And I think, you know, a lot of us know how to optimize for the Amazon algorithm, but I really wanted to see the other side, like what makes people add your product to the cart.
0: So how how did you set this case study uh, up? Like, were were you like capturing the screen of how people navigate on, on, on the buying pages or, or what yeah. did this case study involve? So
1: this video is actually coming out, shameless plug. But uh, what we did was we took a bunch of participants and we gave them like a price range. We didn't want to give an exact per, a dollar value because you don't want to like tilt them in a particular direction either. Sure. And we were recording their screens and at the same time I'm behind the camera looking at their screens and trying to ask them at every point why they did what they did or what made them go for that. And they were also like voicing their opinions on everything. So it was great. Like, what are people thinking in real time as they're shopping? And, uh, you know, there were some really interesting insights. So a lot of the information did confirm things that we already know. For instance, like, um, I'll actually give you a very interesting um, thing that I learned from it was, like, we all know that Amazon badges are great. It'll give you the, you know, higher click-through rates because people, it builds that trust. Um, It'll increase organic traffic, so on and so forth. But once you've piqued the curiosity of your buyer and they click on your listing, you know, what happens after? Do they guarantee that sale? Not really. Like, yeah, you can reach out to the relevant buyers with these badges and it will... Because look, we're here as sellers and we're thinking, okay, we're going to do so-and-so. These are our strategies in order to get that Amazon badge. But for the consumer, like they don't even know how we got there, how we earned that badge. So they're looking at it and they're like, oh, it's flagged Amazon's choice. Let's see why it is Amazon's choice. Now they're on your listing and they're looking for information that will convince them to buy your product. And so a lot of the times, what I noticed with these listings was they've optimized for the algorithm, but not the consumer. Now, what I mean by that is these weren't being added into the cart. So I dug deeper and I'm like, okay, why aren't you left convinced? Like, you know, they kept saying things. A lot of the times it was either things like missing information in the images So secondary images were, you know, people were trying to look at their competition and almost replicate the same kind of information that they had on their secondary images, which doesn't necessarily mean that consumers want to know that information. So that strategy where we just like copy paste from our competition is not going to cut it. You have to look at the information in your reviews, your Q&A section, what people really want to know about your listing. Um, so missing pieces of information, you know, uh, was a big problem either in the images or in the product description. Sometimes it was too advanced. Sometimes it was too beginner friendly and, you know, people who actually were enthusiastic about a certain category or were experts on the subject matter didn't look for the information that they wanted. So, you know, I would say like people aren't optimizing for the consumer we almost lose that sense of um you know like uh the the consumer side of us when we become amazon experts no yeah,
0: i've always said that you know people focus too much on the algorithm which you you know you should focus on the algorithm you know you you got to be discoverable and stuff but at the end of the day it's not the algorithm who's buying the product it's a human being and so if you lose that part um then you know then you're in trouble so what would you say, I don't know, top five, top three, what are some interesting things that you discovered uh, from from this, you know, analyzing the consumer behavior? Like, what, you know, th- things that you found out that you think that sellers should now take action on or at least should be thinking about it, you know, as they optimize their listing?
1: Again, going into the nuances of everything, right? Um, yeah, people will have nice titles, but what peop- what consumers were really looking for was um, a feature being listed in the title, in the beginning or in the first few words. Like, let's say, bag with compartment. That was a big one. Like, this person was looking for a bag with compartment. So that's a feature. And then a lot of sellers were also listing the use cases of these features. So, like bag with compartment for shoes, for laptop, for so-and-so. That sometimes would really confuse our buyers, you know? They were like, oh, if it says it's used for a laptop, can I not use it for shoes, you know? So I would say, like, sometimes people almost go overboard with stuffing their title with keywords, and that's not necessarily a good idea. A lot of the times, like, whatever is viewable in the mobile experience is all that a customer wants to see. They don't want, like, a huge list of it, because sometimes it can... Confuse them as to what they can use the product for. So that was one thing. Another thing that was really interesting was pricing strategy was a big thing here. People were judging based on your prices. So if you were priced way below the market average, people would be like, okay, is it not good enough quality? If you were way higher than the market average, then they were looking for that extra, like premium feature that would, you know, make them, think that it's worthy of that price range. But then there were products w- that were, um, you know, competitively priced and the ones that were like even a bit higher, but discounted, people went for that as opposed to the lower non-discounted prices. So, you know, in discounts were playing a huge role in how they were making their decisions. Like they were really drawn onto the listing based on the discounts and um, 80% of the people were not even adding coupons onto their carts. So they were drawn into the yeah. listing based on like- 80%, good grief, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't end up adding it to their cart. So, you know, it's a win-win case for the buyer, seller. Like if you're not making use of coupons, then you should 100%. But there's one other thing to notice with the coupon rates is if it's too big of a coupon, like a five, $10, whatever, it's going to be noticeable in the end price. So people will be like, oh, wait, why isn't it priced the same way? So they'll go back onto the listing and add the coupon. Whereas if it's like $1 to $3, people usually don't even notice it in the final price Mm -hmm. and, you know, will not even bother going back or notice it, actually. So these were the two key things. And then the third one was reviews. A lot of people look at reviews because they're shopping online. Um... So, yeah, we don't entirely have control over our reviews, but working towards getting a higher review count. So one thing that was really common among people was they were looking for like a thousand reviews or higher. And that's when they fully trusted the brand. Anything lower than that, they're like, I don't know. And then they would really focus on the uh, review rating. If it was lower than 4.5, they'd be like, okay, this isn't trustworthy, yeah, I, I don't
0: take any products less than 4.5. I, I guess I'm a, I'm a stingy person when it comes to yeah, that. And a lot of people I'm not the only like one, that. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of people are like that. But, you know, like you don't really have a lot of control over your reviews. But what you can do is offer customer support. Um, you can, you know, you're, you can improve on the pol- quality of your product. In fact, the same, this happened during the case study. I ordered for them and one of the product came damaged. So that product had no insert. Um, they haven't had an insert, but there was no like contact information or c- customer support uh, mentioned on the insert. So they came up to me and the, the participants were like, can you get a replacement for this because it came damaged? And I couldn't find it anywhere, even though on the description section, they said, reach out to us if you have any problems with the product but they had nothing that they could, you know, help us out with cuz it was out of the return window for Amazon. So, you know, there's these little things that you can do to avoid negative reviews. How
0: how how much did it did it impact people's choosing things in the search results or, or even their buying some of those badges like, you know, I've always been skeptical a little bit sometimes of, of how important like a bestseller badge or an Amazon's choice badge. And it's interesting now in the last like few days, there's newer kinds of Amazon's choice badges that are coming out. I forgot what it says is like Amazon's pick or <coughs> it, was some, it was something, it was something weird like that. But anyways, yeah. like, like, did, did that have an impactful, um, you know, did, did you see people trust those products more, uh, or not yeah. because they, they didn't know where it comes from or, or what, what what do you think?
1: so if it came in the first like five to ten results they were more likely to click on that first so that was their first pick which i would say is like a big influence right because they were like oh if amazon uh you know chooses this or if bestseller they would say oh i guess people are buying this so it must be good so i would say it had a major influence on the click-through rates at least the rest is up to the seller then
0: okay interesting now, um, you also did a, a case study on on titles. Uh, what What about titles? Uh, Amazon titles, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, uh, so this was a case study where you know we were uh, done on a client's listing, and we saw a ninety three percent increase in their sales just by changing their title. And they what? weren't doing bad ninety three
0: percent just by changing the title?
1: Yes. Which was Whoa,
0: what do you do? Like make the title like, ooze gold or something? Like how in the world is that?
1: <laughs> so here's the weird thing: we did not change any keywords. Okay, keywords were not touched. We literally restructured it, shortened it, uh, so that it was exactly what fits into the mobile viewing experience, and we removed the uh, brand name. And that's something that's been really working because unless you're a Nike or something, people really aren't looking at your brand name. So you're using the first couple of characters, really important characters, towards um, the brand name, which people don't even know you yet, right? And um, we put this unique selling point in the beginning. So like it was cutlery. We said it was like this number of items in a pack or something like that. Um, And this is the kind of information people are looking for. So you, I would say like you want to figure out what the unique selling proposition or what the key pieces of information in your product category is, and then put that in the front. Now, A lot of people did ask us, like we have been suggesting that this to some of our clients and a lot of people are like, oh, but like, it's not compliant if we don't put the brand name in there. So on and so forth. People get nervous about it, but it's actually really
0: interesting right now. It's so stupid because what you just said is right. That Amazon in their terms of service wants you to put the, the brand name at the beginning, but it's, it's been now three, maybe four months on some of our listings Where on certain keyword results, Amazon takes out the branding, like you put it at the beginning and Amazon literally takes it out unless you go on the product page itself. So like, you know, sometimes that's good because like, you know, like if you don't have a lot of brand recognition, just like you said, you know, like people don't care about the brand. They want to know what the product is. But then if you're trying to build a brand. Yeah. You know, or, or if you're like Nike or something like that. I mean, literally, the whole thing about the product is the brand. And if your brand is strong, and now Amazon is just saying, all right, you know, shoes, you know, instead of Nike shoes, you know, it makes all the difference in the world. So that, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, that what, because of that, it kind of like, to me, at least in my mind, it makes it less likely where Amazon is going to, you know, suspend your listing if you don't put the brand at the beginning. I mean, how could they do that when even they themselves take it out, you know?
1: Exactly. And another thing is like, we upload it through, we always split test titles. So if you upload it through manager experiments, you know, it technically has passed that bot test. So you're good. If they've approved it, then you're good. Um,
0: Have you ever had one where it wasn't approved uh, in the manager experiments? Not so far. Okay. Well, that probably means you guys are doing the right thing, but that's actually an interesting point. Like test, like some extreme thing, in manage your experiments to see like what, what it would approve because yeah, I, I actually just started one the other day
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: was frustrated. I thought I would be able to start right away, but now it's like, Oh no, we, we got to like, we have to like check this out and it's going to take like, you know, a few days. So, so obviously yeah. somebody must be, uh, you know, reviewing it or something before it approves, but that, that's a good point.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. What what else can you talk talk about titles?
1: I think, you know, like it's, what i'm seeing so far is like again it what we use here could not might not work for another niche but from what i'm seeing is like people are preferring going for shorter and shorter titles like a lot of buyers even confirmed by this case study were just not um, attracted to these long titles they were just like lost in the details so this was kind of the main point or takeaway from this case study as well like different case studies now that people don't want a really long title while it, it may be good for like ranking purposes and so on and so forth but if people are getting confused ultimately you don't want to put that in there and highlighting the feature is really important like I know people do it but like putting it in the forefront of the title and also highlighting something that's really unique about your product would set you apart
0: okay makes sense makes sense all right. so you know these case studies that you've been uh working on um what t- talk to me about just like your your bread and butter which is you know I, I don't think you were doing 10 p.m last night a case that you're probably doing a, a photo shoot so so don't tell me about the you know I mean if, if that product's private you don't have to tell me the exact thing but but can you just I'm just curious about like how photo Studios work like like what was it an Amazon product you did last night like how did you decide to, to set it up? And you guys have some, like, I saw on your Instagram story, you were, like, putting some, like, Roman statue props or, or something like that in this photo shoot. So, so t- talk to me about what you did last night and just in general. So, so some recent uh, photo shoots that you've done.
1: Yeah, we've really been trying to get creative with the photo shoots. Like, uh, the Roman thing was statues and everything. We wanted to do that for, like, a brand for pants. Now... If you look at most of the, a you know, brand,
0: well, how does a brand for pants have to do with Roman statues?
1: So it was kind of like a fashion shoot, right? Because okay. we wanted to make it unique. Like you look at all these Amazon's basics and they're pretty much the same thing. So I feel like with competitive niches, it's just so hard to stand out. And so your creatives really need to be at another level because yeah, a lot of people will go for Amazon's basic pants. Uh, but how do you set yourself apart? So you need to have like a strong brand presence. And that's what I've been really working on in like videos and photo shoots as well as, um, you know, you don't want to use the same techniques over and over again. Sure. Like it, It's a candle. So put it on a podium and, you know, just do the basic uh, stuff. Is like, how can you, as a creative agency, give them that unique outlook. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about like AI taking over. And while, you know, I think it's really convenient with all these different softwares where you can create images and everything, you know, it's much easier if you want to do it yourself, but you know, like at some point you're really using, losing your uniqueness as a brand. And, you know, that's, when you're looking at the images, like this was one of our findings in the case study as well, is um, they were one of the participants looking for gym gloves. All the images just looked the exact same way done on a, against a black backdrop, like copy pasted almost, but a little bit of a difference in the design. And, you know, then it came down to like the very basic factors like, OK, review count, review rating and pricing. So the buyer wasn't able to look past anything, uh, any of those three factors because everything looked the same and the quality looked the same. So they were Mm -hmm. ultimately going to go to those things. So if you don't have the kind of review uh, count that your competitors have or you're not able to compete on the pricing, then you really need to stand out in other ways.
0: Okay. Now, what, what are some techniques that you think people should use if they can't, you know, hire amz one step to to stay until 10 p.m at night to do photo shoots and you know it's not cheap obviously you're you're not uh, doing this for five dollars an hour uh how can people get that effect you know from from like home you know like i, I still suggest hey guys if you've got the budget you've got to use professional agents As a matter of fact um i don't even know i don't know Saddam told you this but uh, i just hit him up yesterday because i'm doing like this mini kind of project x with i'm um, helping out somebody's supplement brand and I was like, hey, I'm gonna get them to hire AMZ one step to kind of like refresh their their images, potentially do 3D and stuff like that, because you know, they they did their images on their own and it wasn't that great. But hmm. maybe I'm just starting out, you know. Um, I don't have a huge budget. I remember you before, uh, you had done a few, you know, Project X uh products uh, you know, photo shoots just on your own, even though you had the, you know, full studio. I was like, hey, try and do this on your own to try and imitate yeah. what people would have to do if they if they can't afford a you know, a studio, but but what are some best practices? You know, like I can't just go and get a Roman statue to yeah. to, to use as a uh, as a prop. So so what are some techniques you can you can talk to us about?
1: Yeah, for anything, any small items, like you can just take a picture in good lighting, and then there's so many AI technologies, like even with Canva, let's say they remove your background for you. And then you take that and, you know, use uh, softwares like uh, Flare AI. There's a bunch of others like MidJourney. And what you can do is use that background, that product that now doesn't have a background and put it on to like another background, whatever goes with your branding. It could be like um, a candle that's staged on a podium against a silky backdrop or something like that. So for infographics like that, I feel like there's a few options you know you just get the background removed put it on something else and you don't have to buy the props right so it saves you on the cost uh it may not look as realistic but yeah it d- definitely gets the job done and um yeah but anything that may require a model like I've been trying to experiment with that uh while these apps do give you like a lot of options but it doesn't quite have that realistic look it looks more like um you know like a fake hand or a fake person. So, yeah. But infographic style images, I would say, yeah. yeah, like, if you don't have the budget 100%, just use one of these AI softwares. You don't need to be an expert. It'll remove the background for you. Put it on uh, to another background.
0: Okay. Now, I was looking at your um, YouTube channel here, and I saw this this video here. I always, like, screenshot on, on funny, funny, funny poses of, of you to do this, <laughs> but... But <laughs> so here, uh-huh. um, this it was about creating compelling Amazon listing images. So what I I unfortunately did not watch this video. First of all, I, I always joke like how I I, I think I'm a, a <laughs> honorary Hassan because as soon as I saw this, I remember seeing this thumbnail. I was like, wait a minute, didn't you borrow this blouse from your your sister in law? Like how do I know uh-huh. how do I know your wardrobes, uh, Eve? even but anyways so so i was too distracted when i saw that i was like i couldn't take this video seriously because i was like wait this is not this is not taylor i'm looking at here but anyways what was this video about uh yeah this uh, listing images can you talk about it
1: i basically uh broke down the different image image types and that's not necessarily the infographic lifestyle but image categories that I created my own, like, uh, there's a lot of people who want to do comparison to their competitors. There's dimensions, you know, like the basic kind of images that everybody wants to cover. So one of them was about one of the categories that I talk about is dimensions. And again, this is another thing that we saw in the case study is to this day, a lot of sellers will put like three centimeters long, four centimeters wide, like that doesn't work anymore. Like And I mean, not not that it worked before either, like people, it's hard for them to visualize, you know, being on the other end. So you need to, um, I've basically shown people how they could show the scale and dimensions of their products in other ways. So one was an example of a suitcase. What we did was put it under, we placed it under a bed frame. So now people know, okay, this is the usual length of the bed frame. And this is how it fits under a bed. So they have like a visual reference of, you know, how to show their dimensions. Yeah, you can add the uh, numbers as well, but this just gives them an extra uh, kind of reference. There there was another example of like a mic, you put it next to like a um, can of pop. And that was like, everybody drinks Coke and Sprite or whatever. And so now they know how big this mic is going to be when it arrives. So just different kinds of product uh, image categories that people can uh, make use of and not have to stick to the regular, like with comparison, people, you know, make use of your regular charts. It has this feature, competitor does not cross. So, you know, you just don't want to use these old techniques. They've, been overused. So just ways to stand out from the crowd.
0: How often do you suggest that people refresh their images? I mean, this is not something that people should be, Oh yeah. Every, every week change your images, you know, that, that might mess up your, your listening and doesn't give people a consistent, a consistent feel, but like once a year, um, you know, should, should we change a couple, once every two years, once every six months, do you have any suggestions there?
1: Images and me, uh, your product title, I think, like once or twice, even like this seller that we changed their uh, title, they were doing perfectly fine. But, you know, my thing is, manager experiments is like an amazing tool. You can just use that and keep experimenting, I'm like, keep split testing. You might uncover another opportunity which could give you such a huge boost in sales, right? So, I would say like once or twice a year when you can just change up your title or doesn't necessarily mean changing up your keywords, but just like structure it differently. And the great thing about manager experiments is like you're running both, uh, titles at the same time. So half the people are shown the original and half the people, the other, so you're getting real time data. And if you lose out, you're losing out on only 50%. So the risk isn't that big. You know what I mean? Um, it's same goes with images you know it has the capability to split test main images secondary images a plus so the the second you think okay sometimes there are times when your product has a feature that you realize oh I haven't highlighted that and that is something people are looking for or you got a uh, good or a bad review based on a certain feature maybe that is a good time to add that feature into one of one of your images.
0: All right. Before we get into your 60 second uh, strategy for the uh, week, you know, I, I referenced uh, your YouTube uh, channel right there that, pe- you know, you're definitely giving content. So how can people find you on the interwebs, uh, especially the, the content that you're, you're putting out for people?
1: Yeah, it's uh, posted on the AMZ One Steps YouTube channel. And I also share it on my LinkedIn, which is has Hassan, my uh, name, if people can spell it.
0: <laughs> cool. All right. Now, um one interesting thing is like like AMZ One Step is part of the Serious Wait. What is it called? Seller Solutions Hub. We have too many S's here. We got Serious Sellers this, Serious Sellers that, Seller Solutions, Sell and Scale. We have a lot of S going on. But anyways, uh, guys, if if you want to just reach out in general to AMZ One Step, uh, sometimes they have discounts for like you know elite members on the page. But if you're logged into your Helium 10 account, and then you want to see what kind of you know bonuses they have, or at least just reach out through the hub, go to hub.helium10.com and then just search for AMZ One Step and um, you'll be able to uh, reach out to them that way. Now, what is your 30 or 60 second strategy of the of the week for everybody?
1: Yeah. So a lot of sellers can get nervous about like main image strategies and we give a bunch of those strategies out, right? At the end, you want to increase, increase your click-through rate. So um, one way, one hack that I have for testing that out, uh, if you're nervous about it is upload, uh, the strategy that, you know, your agency or whoever's come up with versus like a fully compliant, um, image. And, uh, you know, what you want to do is upload it on manager experiments. And if it gets through the Amazon bots, then you're good to go and you can upload that image. Actually, it will verify it for you. So it will automatically upload it for you. Um, Because one thing I want to point out is a lot of people will be like, oh, this is not compliant, but you theoretically, 80 to 90% of the main images on Amazon are non-compliant with including props, you know, let's say a fruit and fruit bowls or including a model in there, or, you know, adding an extra sticker onto your label. All of these are non-compliant. So uh, this is just a hack that I have if you're worried about it. And plus you get extra insights on which um, version works better.
0: All right, cool. Well, um, that was great to see you at the... uh at the Prosper Show, hopefully, I can uh, see you guys a- again uh, soon. I was trying to get you guys to go out to Bali, but with the move and everything, that that didn't work out. I know you guys have a, a villa out there and-, and-, and another studio, but maybe we'll get to work together on this one project uh, that I was talking about for Project X. But regardless, I look forward to seeing you and your your brother and um, your sister and your sister in law again. We can all we can all hang out because I swear I'm a, I'm a- just a- just the the American member of your uh, of your family here. Uh, But thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge and look forward to having you on the podcast maybe next year again.
1: Thank you for having me.